Let's have a word of prayer this morning and we'll get started. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the wondrous cross. Thank you so much for all you have done for us. Father, you are so good to us. And Father, truthfully and honestly, we have so much to be grateful for. Father, so often we look around and we look at the, the struggles that we go through and we look at the, the pain and the agony of things in our lives. And Father, it's true. There are a lot of things that we can be sorrowful about. But Father, specifically this time of year, specifically Easter, Father, we have so much to be grateful for. And so, Father, I pray that as we look at your word today, that you would be honored and pleased through all that's said and done. And as we leave this place today, would you be honored and glorified through everything that's done. And Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's start off with a fun question this morning. And raise your hands, if you will. How many of you enjoy pain? <laughs> we got one, two crazy people, and I know you, and I know why you do, and you are crazy, all right? How many of you want to put yourselves in a position where you can experience a great deal of pain? You're like, what? Yeah, we got, they're the same people. Most of us, I should say, I was going to say all of us, but most of us aren't really into that, are we? We don't like that. We don't want to be a part of that. We don't really want to put ourselves in a position of pain. In fact, what we try to do is the exact opposite. We try to run from pain. We try to get out of the way of pain. If somebody's going to give us some pain, we're like, no, thank you. We want to never take that. We flee from pain. The human psyche does just that. It flees from pain. We do our best to protect ourselves from anything that will hurt us. This was manifested this week with my children. There was a little itsy bitsy spider that climbed down the DVD shelf. And my children were literally so scared. So scared. I mean, it was so small that you could barely see it against a white shelf. This is how small it was. But they ran to the cover of, not dad, but mommy. When Fear and pain and anxiety come. What do we do? We run often to a safe place. And my children did just that. They thought this spider was going to hurt them. Even gnaw their hands off. That's what they were thinking. As a result, they ran to cover of mummy. They fled from what could potentially hurt them. Again, it's natural for us to flee from pain. And some of you that sit here in this room this morning, perhaps all of us, all of us have experienced some pain. Most of us have probably experienced some pain from even doing the right things. Trying to do the right things and we experience some pain, some hurt, some even betrayal. And some of you have tried to do the right things, but you've gotten hurt from it. You've been betrayed. You've been torn down. You've been let down. You've been through the ringer, if you will. I don't want to keep you there today. I want to encourage you today. I want to lift you up today. I want to be an encouragement. I want to do my best from the word of God to give you a lift up today. But I have to say this right off the bat. Running from pain is not always the best thing to do. Running from pain is not always the best thing to do. The disciples in our story don't necessarily run from pain. 
They do something just a little bit different. So go to Acts chapter 4 with me in verse 23. Acts chapter 4 and verse 23. Acts chapter 4 and verse 23. Bible says this. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. So I want you to stop right there, and because it's been a couple weeks, I want to give you a little bit of history. The come to the gate, beautiful, this is Peter and John. They're walking into the temple at the hour of prayer. They're going in to pray. And there, by the gate, beautiful, sits a lame man begging for alms. Begs for alms from Peter and John. And Peter and John say, silver and gold have we none, but what I have I'll give to you. It says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And that man receives strength and he jumps and leaps and praises God and goes into the temple. And everybody sees it, knows that it's this man. And they all come out and Peter is able to preach to them the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And 5,000 people accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Amazing. Obviously, this is happening in the temple. Obviously, the chief priests and the elders are all there, and they're upset by this because they are pulling people away from Judaism and converting people to Jesus Christ. Not happy about that. So what do they do? They arrest them. They throw them basically into a group setting in which they are then prosecuted, and they are told, don't you dare preach in the name of Jesus Christ ever again. They threaten them and they threaten them and threaten them. And so here we pick up the story and they being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, look what they did. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who? By the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth, against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Again, Peter and John had just been threatened. They had just been told, don't speak in the name of Jesus. They got an emotional hazing, so to speak. Don't you dare do this anymore. If you do this, we're going to throw you into jail. And the list goes on and on and on. They're further threatened and let go. But instead of cowering in fear, instead of licking their wounds, and instead of hiding, what do they do? They're singing praises to God. Is that not weird? They seem extremely happy about it all. Are these guys some sort of lunatics, right? We have two or three guys. Yeah, you enjoy pain. Are, are they like those guys? Are they nuts? Are they crazy? What in the world are they doing? I want you to understand this this morning. 
These men were not happy and praising God because they were persecuted. They were joyful and praising God because of what God had done for the lame man. You see that? Just stop right there and think about that. That is a perspective shift. That is a change in what most of us think. Oh, I have to be happy in persecution. I have to be happy because something bad happened to me. No, listen, they were not happy because of the persecution necessarily. They were happy and joyful and exceeding praising the Lord because of what God had done in the lame man. Write this down if you're in the habit of writing things down. Fulfilling their purpose brought them great joy. Write it down. Fulfilling their purpose brought them great joy. Listen, they were doing what they were meant to do. Period. Exclamation point. Whatever you want to put in there. They were doing it. Again, if you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. You will never be more joyful than when you are fulfilling the purpose God has for your life. You will never be more joyful than when you are fulfilling the purpose God has for your life. Why is that? Why is that? Because our focus is not on filling our own emptiness. Our focus is on fulfilling God's purpose. Let me say that again. Because our focus is not on filling our own emptiness, our focus is on fulfilling God's purpose. The more you try to fill your own emptiness, the more you try to fill your own emptiness, the more empty you will feel. Vanity of vanities, Solomon said. All is vanity. The more you try to fill your own emptiness, the more empty you will feel. There are some people who all they are looking for is love. That's it. I just want to be loved. And so what do they do? They keep going to the next person and 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 the next person person looking for that love. They seek it. They desire it. They're trying to fulfill their own emptiness. And what do they get? All they continually get is hurt after hurt after hurt after hurt. They're let down after let down after let down. There are some people who are looking for meaning. What's the meaning of my life? And so they'll try anything and everything in order to find some sort of meaning. Again, all the while... They continually are being hurt and let down. There are some people who are looking for money. They will continue to pursue that and they may even get money. But be broken and unfulfilled the whole way. But the emptiness of life, don't miss this, the emptiness of life needs to be fulfilled with God's purpose. The emptiness of life needs to be fulfilled with God's purpose. Listen to me. You were made for more than just the everyday. You were made for more than feeling empty. You were made for more than being in pain. I want you to notice Acts chapter 4 and verse 24. And when they heard that, look at They lifted up their voice to whom? To God. 
with one accord and said, Look at, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. You are supreme, God. You are everything, God. You created everything. You are it all. There is nothing beside you. You are our all and in all. They were solely focused on God. They were solely focused on him. God, we're doing your will. God, we're doing whatever you want to be done. That's what will be done. God, your purpose must be fulfilled, and we are willing to do that. Now, this is a lofty goal, is it not? A lofty goal to fulfill the purpose of God and do what we're called to do and be made for more. And it sounds really good. And if I were to stop here today, we'd all run out of this place and be like, yeah, let's go. I hope, anyway. The reality is, I think I need to state the obvious. Peter and John were arrested here. So there's quite the possibility that if we run out of here, and as the proverbial saying would go, we charge hell with a squirt gun. We're, we're excited about God's purpose in our lives. The reality is, as soon as you walk out of these doors, I can almost guarantee you'll be met with some sort of resistance. Peter and John were just arrested for doing something good. They were just arrested for healing a man. They were threatened and eventually persecuted more and more. And, and, and eventually they were killed or exiled. Anybody else still excited? <laughs> it usually brings the excitement level down when we talk about pain. Brings the excitement level down when we talk about persecution. Brings the excitement level down when we talk about being killed or exiled for the things that we do. How is that good? How is that joyful? That sounds the opposite of good and joyful, Pastor Jonas. I'm not sure if you studied this week, but you're not really making sense. I thought we were supposed to be joyful. Sounds pretty painful. There are a lot of people in our society, and I'm assuming in our church, that think that there will be no one to oppose us if we are doing the right thing. Oh, I'm just going to fulfill God's purpose for my life, and then I'll never experience resistance ever again. Never. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. If God be for us, who can be against us, right? All things work together for good. Woohoo! We're more than conquerors. And don't get me wrong, that is absolutely correct. But here they're arrested. Here there's opposition. There's resistance. We think everything will just be cupcakes and rainbows if we will just do the purpose of God. But please don't miss this, okay? Satan wants nothing more than for you to never name the name of Jesus again. Let me say it again. Satan wants nothing more than for you to never name the name of Jesus again. He wants to stop you from spreading the name of Jesus ever again. And so you'll go out and you'll be excited about fulfilling God's purpose and you'll want to tell somebody about Jesus Christ and you'll want to be a witness to them and say, hey, I know Jesus Christ and you know what Satan's going to do? It's going to bring resistance of some sort. 
something. Why? Because he does not want to encourage you to speak the name of Jesus. He does not want to encourage you to be the light of the world. He does not want to encourage you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. He wants to discourage that. He wants nothing more. So there will always, mark it down, there will always, always, always be opposition. Always. Just like Peter and John received opposition for the very same reason. Hey, don't you dare speak in his name anymore. Satan wants the same for you. The chief priests and the Jews did not want them to spread the name of Jesus around everywhere, but that is exactly what they were doing. 5,000 people heard the name of Jesus. 5,000 more people found out who Jesus was. Peter and John were fulfilling their purpose. And not just a little bit. They were fulfilling it something spectacular. Jump down to verse 33 with me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 33, the Bible says this. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. So listen, they were not doing it just a little bit over here. They were not fulfilling their purpose just once in a while. Listen, this was with great power. This was something that the world had never seen. In fact, we find out a little bit later in the book of Acts that they were turning the world up side down don't get me wrong that was met with resistance that was met with resistance the more they spread the name of jesus the more they were resisted the more they spread the name of jesus the more they were persecuted the more they spread the name of jesus the more pain was inflicted but the more they were persecuted the more the name of Jesus spread. You see, you spread the name of Jesus, you will find resistance, but if you continue to spread the name of Jesus, it will continue to be spread and continue to be spread and continue to be spread. But listen, there is no greater joy than fulfilling the purpose of God for your life. There is no greater joy than fulfilling the purpose of God for your life. Listen, pain is inevitable. But you can experience joy in the midst of pain. Let me say that one more time. Okay, focus right here just for a second. Pain is inevitable. But you can experience joy in the midst of pain. Listen, there are several of us that experience pain. And let's be honest with ourselves, we're not really that joyful about it. We're hurting. It, it's not fun. It's painful. It's a tough experience. We don't know how to get through it. We don't know what the next step is going to be. But listen, hear me. Do you want to experience joy even in your trials? Can I encourage you to just fulfill God's purpose for your life? Listen, most, most people, there are preachers out there that will preach. Hey, just do God's will and you'll be rich. Just do God's will and you'll be healthy. I wish I could tell you. I really do. 
I really wish I could tell you that. That is not the truth. The truth is, you know what? You might do the will of God and you might get cancer. You might do the will of God and you might walk out of this place today and get in a car accident. Listen, but there's joy in the midst of it. And listen, most of you are probably not going to believe me until you experience it. Fulfill God's purpose for your life. Spread the name of Jesus, and I believe you will experience joy in the pain. This Sunday on the calendar is what is known as Palm Sunday. Jesus Christ had spent three years of his life performing miracles, preaching the kingdom of God, healing the sick, raising the dead from life to life, excuse me, and pointing people to God. And on this particular Sunday, Jesus was riding on a donkey into the city of Jerusalem. As he entered the city, there were hordes of people there to greet him. They were waving palm branches and they were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Oh man, it was a great parade. They were laying down their coats. They were laying palm branches in the streets so that Jesus wouldn't have to ride on the dirty, dusty roads. He could just walk and ride through. They were praising the name of Jesus and praising all that he had done. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, this is how we envision everything working out for us when we fulfill God's purpose, isn't it? Oh, man, I'm going to walk in the back door of the church and the red carpet. Oh, it's already red. It's gonna, this is going to be rolled out for me and everybody's going to go, yeah, look at that guy. Or, yeah, that girl's amazing. Wow, woohoo! good job. And it's all this big parade. That's what we envision. We envision fame and fortune. However, this parade of Jesus was met with prosecution. This parade that Jesus had experienced was soon after met with prosecution. Just like Peter and John, they, everybody came running to them. What happened, guys? What happened? That parade is soon met with prosecution. And just a few short days after Jesus prayed, he was surrounded by soldiers. Taken prisoner. Brought before the governor and prosecuted falsely. He was taken. He was stripped of his clothes. He was beaten with a cat of nine tails 39 times. He had his beard ripped from his face. Men punching him in the face. A crown of thorns beaten into the top of his head. But just a few days before, there was a parade. Just a few days before, he was accomplishing God's will for his life. And it was amazing. It was powerful. It was awesome. After all that, Jesus was nailed to a cross. After the physical beating, after the physical pain that he went through, all of the sin of the entire world was placed upon him. Your sin placed upon Jesus Christ, he who knew no sin, 
Now has the sin of all mankind upon him. And with that sin on him, he cries, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He says it is finished. And he dies. Doesn't sound very joyful, does it? Even the night before all of this happens, Jesus is in a place called the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying there that all of this might pass. He says, let this cup pass from me. He doesn't want to have to go through it. He knows it's going to be painful. He knows it's going to be hard. But I want you to see this verse. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. Who for the what? The what? Joy. That was set before him. What did he do? He endured the cross. Despising the shame and his set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Through everything that I've just described to you, through all of this grief, through all of this pain, Jesus' eye was on the joy that was set before him. And in doing so, he was able to endure the cross. And in doing so, he was able to despise the shame. He was able to have joy even in the midst of His greatest purpose was to fulfill what God had sent him here to do. His greatest purpose was to fulfill what God had sent him here to do. And that was the salvation of the world. Isaiah 53 is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. In verse 3 the Bible says this. He is despised and rejected of men. Watch this. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our, our faces from him. He was despised. We esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God. And afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All of this grief. All of this pain. Jesus died. was buried and for three days he was buried in a borrowed tomb but then came the morning night turned into day the stone was rolled away hope rose with the dawn then came the morning Shadows vanished before the sun. Death had lost and life had won 
for morning had come. Listen, joy can come from grief. It can when we are fulfilling God's purpose for our lives. Listen, there is grief that you bring upon yourself, and I'm sorry, but there's a, not a whole lot of joy in that grief. But when you're doing God's will, when you're fulfilling his purpose for your life, and you have grief, and you will, if you will just keep on, if you will just keep walking, if you will just keep fulfilling, if you will just keep doing God's purpose for your life, can I encourage you today, there will be joy. There will be joy. Peter, John, and Jesus all were accomplishing something far greater than themselves. Jesus could have at any moment said, 10,000 angels come get me. But for the joy that was set before him. Peter and John could have easily said, well, <laughs> guess we're done preaching in the name of Jesus. But they didn't. They are with boldness continued. You can see in verse 31 of Acts chapter 4 again. And when they had pray, prayed, excuse me, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. Watch this. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. This is not something you can do on your own, folks. This is not something you walk out and say, I'm going to try harder. This is the Holy Ghost of God filling you. This is you doing his purpose. And they what? Spake the word of God with boldness. Hey, chief priests, we don't care what you say. We're going to speak the name of Jesus. Hey, resistance, we don't care what you have to say. Hey, devil, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm going forward. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Hey, he is alive. He is alive. We've seen him. We've seen his empty tomb. He is alive. Listen, you can't change my mind about that. You can't shut me off. You can't turn me away. You can't tell me that he is not alive. I saw him. Are we that confident in Jesus Christ? The pain will hurt, but it will always be worth it because we are accomplishing more. We are accomplishing what Jesus Christ has called us to accomplish, to bear witness of his name. Please don't be afraid of pain. Don't let the pain from the past keep you back. Victory is just ahead. Keep moving forward. Keep fulfilling your purpose. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I think every preacher that I've ever heard has said something to this effect. We can never know the impact we will have if we will just keep looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith.
Keep looking to Jesus. Keep looking to Him through the pain, through the sadness, through the hurt. And I promise you, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Don't let pain stop you. Keep moving forward. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all you've done for us. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Father, we pray your will be accomplished here today. Father, I I know for sure there are people here today that have been through pain. Father, I don't know if it's holding them back, but there's always a potential. So, Father, I pray, I beg, I plead today that they would just keep walking through the pain. Father, if they need help, I pray they'd get help. But, Father, through it all, pray that we would keep our eyes on you, realizing the morning is coming, the night is far spent. Help us to keep laboring, keep fulfilling, keep doing what you've called us to do. Help us not to get discouraged. Help us to be encouraged. Help us to experience the joy inside of the pain. Help us to keep looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith. Oh God, we need you. There is no possible way we accomplish anything in this life without you. So God, we need you. Father, for those that may be here today that need you, I pray that today would be the day that they cast all their care upon you because we know that you care for us. Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory for it. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.